I'm Major Robinson. Leslie Messer. Mary Stranahan. Senator Dwayne Ackney. Frank Garner. Marcy McLean in Billings, Montana. In, in Helena, Montana. Colstrip, Montana. Sydney, Montana. In Kalispell, Montana. From Arlie, Montana. And you are listening. And you are listening. And you're listening to. And you are listening to Listen First. Listen First. Listen First. You are listening to the podcast Listen First Montana. Hi, this is Chantel Schieffer, President and CEO of Leadership Montana. Views and opinions shared by guests of Listen First Montana do not reflect the opinions of all of our alumni or organization. We are a large group with lots of opinions, believe me. If you hear something that makes you uncomfortable, we invite you to listen deeply, listen hard, and listen first. Chantel Schieffer, and you're listening to Listen First Montana. Today, we are in Kalispell, Montana, on a gorgeous, sunny day, sitting in the living room of Amy Kellogg, our guest today. Hi, Amy. Hey, Chantel. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Amy before she talks to us about her life. Amy is an entrepreneur, world explorer, Philadelphia's first female bike messenger. And what excites her? Leadership, connection, food and beverage, with an emphasis on the beverage, and travel. Amy's passions include cultivating connections, relationship building, leadership development, and she sees her core values of exploration, connection, and curiosity to help guide her in both of her professional and personal worlds. Amy currently serves as the chair of the Montana Agricultural Development Council. She serves as a Montana ambassador and is a member of the Frontier Angel Fund. She's a former chair of Leadership Montana's Board of Governors, as well as the chair of the organization's Alumni Committee. Amy completed the Leadership Montana Flagship and Master's programs in 2013 and 2020. In 2021, she obtained her certificate in the Executive Women Leadership course from Cornell University. Congratulations. Thanks. Along with her husband, Fred, Amy owns Simply 406, where they manufacture country pasta, and Tipu's Chai. And if you haven't had either of those products, I highly recommend. <laughs> Prior to her move in Montana uh, in 2004, she worked in the pharmaceutical industry and strategic development for clients such as Pfizer, Bristol, Bristol Myers, and Gen Genentech. Genentech. Genentech and others with a focus on oncology and women's health. In the summer, you'll find Amy on her sup, exploring the pristine waters of Montana. In the winter, you'll find her chasing the northern lights or shredding big ski slopes. Amy's year-round activity is sampling fine cocktails. Her suitcase is always packed for the next adventure with her husband, and she rocks her role as a stepmother to three kids and minion to her nutty cat, Princess Noelle. Mm -hmm. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. It's really, it's awesome to have you guys here. Thanks. It's so exciting yeah. to be here. Yeah. So, Amy, let's start with just how you doing? So I have, I'm holding in tension, I think that's the phrase, two different feelings right now, like utter joy to be spending this time with you, Chantel, and um, to be part of this podcast, truly incredible joy. And the other is anxious and nervousness, like together. Um, 
first that comes from like, who really cares what I have to say or about my life or anything like that? So there's always that little gremlin that's there. Um, and then there's the one that says, ugh, I don't want to hear my voice. And I think there's a TED Talk on that that I've never watched, why you don't like to hmm. listen to yourself. So I don't want to hear my voice, so maybe I won't listen to this back. <laughs> um, I have gotten over the fact that if I say a bad word or um, say something wrong, that it will be either edited out or left in with an E next to the uh, <laughs> to the title, <laughs> because that's also authentically me to drop a few curse words from time to time. So yeah, so I've got those two things going on. And the sun is shining. Oh, it's such a glorious day here. And it's Friday. And that's even better. What's on the cocktail menu tonight? You know, I gave, I did dry January. And it's kind of gone into February, although I do know that we will crack a bottle of bubbles this weekend. So whether that's tonight or tomorrow, who knows? Is that in celebration or just just standard Saturday activities? Just because. Just because. Just because. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Just because. All right, Amy, we talked a little bit in the opening about your your bio and some, some things always pop up for me or about you that I want to explore a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And one is the, tell us what it was like being Philadelphia's first female bike messenger. <laughs> oh, wow. It was, um, I'd gotten let go from a position. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I went and I applied for waitressing jobs. I'm like, oh, I'll be a waitress. And I walked into a restaurant and they said, well, where do you want to be in five years? And I had a feeling they wanted me to say like top waitress, which was not really a goal. And so on my walk home from that interview, I walked by Heaven Sent, which was the messenger company, and they had a sign in the window that said help wanted. So I got home and I called them and I said, I hear you, you're looking for some help. And they said, sure, come on over tomorrow and fill out an application. So I walked in in my khakis and my little white tree-torn sneakers and my white t-shirt. And they were like, (laughs) yeah, right. Show up on Monday. (laughs) So I showed up on Monday with my three-speed Schwinn Collegiate, yellow. And uh, they gave me um, my assignments and a clipboard. And I said, what about my radio? And they said, well, you've got to make it through the week first. And they didn't think I'd make it through the week. So I had to stop at payphones to call it to get my next job. So at the end of the first week, I went back to get my paycheck, and I walked in, and they all clapped. And they said, heaven sent 301. That's your your number, your 301. Here's your walkie-talkie for next week. I was like, yes. So yeah, so I did it for, it was about two months, um, lots of rain. Um, I only had one accident, and that was I got stuck in um, a trolley track, my bike wheels got stuck in a trolley track, and I went over. I didn't wear a helmet. Um, I didn't lock my bike. I figured if my bike had been stolen, it was I had to then go be a waitress. Two of my most favorite stories, though, of the time were um, I was out in um, a part of the city called West Philadelphia, and there was a little bit of a hill, and I was crossing the street, and I see this car coming down towards me, barreling towards me and I was like what the heck who what slow the down 
And the car went whizzing by me, honking the horn. And all of a sudden, I saw the brake lights go on. And I was like, oh, no, have I done, like, oh, my goodness. And it was my sister. (laughs) 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 And she had been at a doctor's appointment in the city. And she was like, oh, my. She goes, wait a minute. I will not tell mom and dad that this is the neighborhood you were working in. I will not tell them. And the other time was I got a flat tire. I had to deliver something out to the city morgue, and I got a flat tire. And it was a rainy Friday afternoon, and there weren't a lot of messengers. I think we got our paychecks Friday morning, and so by Friday at lunch, it was slim pickings. And I got on the radio crying, and I said, this is Heaven Sent 301. The first, the first person that comes out here to help me with my flat tire will get chocolate chip cookies on Monday. And there was a race to help me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so it was fun. I it was pretty that. cool. It was pretty cool. Oh, so how to build character? Yeah, that's was, for sure. How, to say more about that, how did how did that experience really kind of shape who you, who you've become? I think for me. It showed me that, you know, no matter what, I can figure something out, right? Like if, if I lost another job, I could figure it out. Or if I wanted to go travel and not do all the research bo- that I normally do before I go travel, I could figure it out. Like mm. I could just figure something out. Mm. I think that's a really important trait for leaders to have. Yeah. The ability to just, the, and the confidence to just, right. you know. Right. It's going to work out yeah. one way or another. The confidence. Yeah. I didn't think of that, but yeah, I was pretty cocky for those eight weeks. You had to be. Yeah. I mean, that's tough You work. against the traffic. Yeah. <laughs> On the tiny little bike with no protection. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. But I love that, that, that piece of your history. Yeah. Thank you. Me too. about your work in the, the pharmaceutical industry. What, what tells more about what that was, what that was like for you? And, 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 and I want to follow that up with, you know, what we're seeing today in this, this pandemic world. Yeah. I know that that's been really challenging yeah. for a lot of us. Yeah. And I want to hear what you think about sure. what's happening. I, um, I studied public health in college, and out of college, I went to work for a nonprofit, the American Diabetes Association, and worked there for a couple of years. And then I found a position in pharmaceutical marketing. And so we did um, meetings and events, educational meetings and events, and training for pharmaceutical companies. Um, and we would bring in um, the term is KOL, key opinion thought leaders, and we'd bring them in to talk about whatever was going on. And lots of my work, as I think you mentioned in my bio, was oncology and women's health. Um, so prostate cancer was a big topic that we did, and we they would do educational sessions on that. Physicians would get continuing medical education credit. Um, I got to travel the world doing that. It was an incredible opportunity um, for me at a young age to do that. Um, one of the things uh, that I learned through that time is that um, leaders in 
that industry, and, and I think now it probably goes for most industries, but at that time, that was the only lens I had was the pharmaceutical and healthcare industry, was that you know, the higher those doctors were, the more humble they were. Hmm. And it was usually some of the younger ones who would give us attitude, myself or my team attitude. Um, and then they'd see, you know, Tom Stamey come give me a big hug and um, Dave Paulson or um, any of the docs that, that were a little bit higher up. And that was really, I don't know, that was neat. Hmm. Yeah, those were fun times. What did that teach you about leadership? You know, I, I felt at the time I was quite young and I guess kind of inexperienced and I saw these huge giants in their field um, treating me, this, you know, little meeting and event and marketing person with grace and caring and empathy and... Um, yeah, just treating me like a person, you know, like like I mattered. Mm-hmm. Treating me like I mattered. And that was really cool. And, and I see yeah. that in you. That's how you treat people. Yeah, thank it you. It doesn't matter who they are or where yeah. they are in their in their position yeah. of authority or, or whatever. You greet people with that same grace and openness. Mm-hmm. It's important for me to make sure that people feel like they matter, that they belong, that they're, um, that when I'm, conversing with somebody, whether it's in a big room or a one-on-one like this, that, that it's, that my focus is on them and that what they say matters to me. And I can't, that, um, connects to your value of connection, which you have described to me a few different times of, you know, it's not about, it's not about me being connected to someone. It's about watching other people connect to each other too. Mm -hmm. Can you say more about that? Yeah. Connection's so important to me. Um, I remember, yeah, I remember sometime somebody came up to me, we were doing an exercise at, I don't know, some event, and she, and I had connection, I think, on my knee badge, and she goes, oh, connection's mine too, I love connecting with people, and I'm like, oh, no, that, yeah, I said, that's important, but that's not what it means to me. Um, to, to me, it means um, just being fully present in a moment when you're with somebody, um, deeply listening, empathy, asking questions. It's really tied to curiosity, which is one of my other values. You know, they dovetail so well. So I see uh, a pillow with Dr. Anthony Fauci's face on it. Yes. Tell us about that. One of our clients um, was doing some um, some support for um, some infectious disease studies um, and research. And um, we did a very small meeting. I don't even think there were 20 physicians at this meeting. It was in Key Biscayne, Florida. I'll never forget exactly where it is. Um, I split my fingernail that's still split to this day, tearing open a box. And um, Dr. Fauci was one of the one of our docs. And um, he had been with the N-A-I-A-D, I don't, there's so many acronyms out there right now, but he'd been with part of the NIH at the time, or and he was incredibly humble, and just, I, I love his, I still love his New York accent, and mm-hmm. yeah, he was a delight to work with, and, and again, it just goes to show that, um, I mean, he was a pretty big deal then, too, and he was delightful and pleasant, and greeted me every morning and evening and Mm -hmm. so 
yeah, it's kind of neat. It's a neat story. Yeah. And, and now he's a household name. Now he's a household name. And yeah. we're living in this time that's incredibly tense. And, you know, year three of the pandemic. Are we in year three? I don't even know what year it is Approaching. Anymore. Yeah, it's 2022. Yeah, approaching three years in this pandemic. And I've certainly seen our society splinter in a number of ways that are very concerning for me. And I, and I wonder what you think about the state of the world right now. What do you see happening in the world right now? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I used to read and like a lot of dystopian books. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't anymore because <laughs> I feel like we're living in a dystopian. Sometimes I'm like, wait, didn't, wait, is this happening? Or is this, was this a book? Was this a storyline in Margaret Atwood or even, you know, the Hunger Games? <laughs> My goodness, what is going on? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, I mean, it's, everybody says this, it's, it's, exa- it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying to figure out those calculated risks and do I go out and do I do this and blah, 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 and all that and keeping businesses safe. And, um, uh, it feels to me sometimes right now in particular that we're at the most confusing point, mm-hmm. um, some people, political leaderships are saying, no, let's do away with all of this. And others are saying, no, we've got to keep it. And infectious disease docs say one thing. And you're like, oh, my God, like, somebody, please, how do I, like, give me a, um, an infographic, please. If yes, <laughs> pick this. If no, say this. Go over here. That's what I need sometimes. Yeah. Um, and there's so many walls and so many... Um, boundaries that people have put up and not letting those down to hear what somebody else's thoughts or ideas or fears might be, mm-hmm. what their situation is. I volunteered at our county vaccination clinic for a year, and um, it was incredible for me to see people come in um, you know, early on in, in the vaccination process you know, with tears in their eyes and and so ecstatic. Um, and then as the, as time went on, seeing other people come in who were reluctant to get vaccines, um, and some of the things that you heard were just like, wait, where did, like, where did you get that? Where did you get that soundbite from? Like, you, really? Um, so it's, ju- it's, it's sad. It makes, it makes me sad. Yeah. It makes me sad makes me sad too the the how far we've come to bridge divides and to to watch that just kind of wash away um and our silos are are bigger our boundaries are bigger like you said our walls are are higher what do you see as opportunities or keys to breaking down those barriers It's such a great question, and I don't have an answer, and I don't think my magic wand is going to (laughs) help, which I do have. I'll show you later. Um, Definitely, I mean, the listening and the empathy are so important. It almost feels like there has to be a third step. I don't know what that might be or a next step, which is, okay, so action. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's important, and it's interesting for me to know why 
somebody might choose to do X, Y, and Z Mm -hmm. or believe X, Y, and Z. But sometimes there needs to be an action made on that X, Y, and Z on, on that point. And so it's almost like, okay, so how do we, how do we get there? How do we turn that into action? And I don't know that answer. I'm with you. I mean, I, I don't know that answer either. I, I, I agree that the, that connection, that curiosity and that empathy, you know, those, those places are where we have to start. I can't see a path through that beyond that. What do we do after that? What do we do? Right. Yeah. That's, that's definitely becoming really challenging for me too. Like yeah. I, I'd say it's like, it's like, I know, I believe I know the, the tools, the keys, the, the curiosity, the empathy. Right. And, and then it's kind of like, okay, what's, how, what's the how, how do we do this? Right. And, you know, in the leadership Montana model, of course, we have opportunities to bring people together who disagree Mm -hmm. and teach them tools to, um, you know, find understanding, if not agreement. Um, and, and I think that's very valuable and you've been instrumental in, in creating the foundation of, of leadership Montana in that way. You've been a part of this organization for nine years, 10 years. You, you walked into Big Sky in 2012. Yeah. So over the last 10 years, you've served the organization in a number of different ways. Tell me more about what that has meant to you. Your service on the board, yeah. your um, design, really, of, of the alumni network that we have today. Yeah. I don't, I, I would imagine there's probably not, or there are very few, I don't want to cast a blanket, everyone, there's probably very few individuals who um, go through the graduation program without saying, oh my gosh, what's next, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's probably very few. And I was one of those and um, was asked to serve on the alumni committee and I did, not knowing anything about it, and realized that there were some really amazing opportunities for us to get our alumni engaged and or re-engaged. I think at the time, I'd have to go back and look at my notes, where there may be, I mean, Chantel, you would know, maybe 300 yeah. alumni at the time? About that, yeah. And, you know, how are we going to get them engaged? And, yeah, and that was my focus for, for the majority of my time on the board, Um I remember doing our first board retreat when you had come on board Chantel and Big Sky and we were just whiteboarding and, and big thoughts and I put out there, yes, let's hire a staff member to handle alumni. And the rest of the board was like, Okay, can we can we can we start a little smaller first? I'm like, sure, but let's hire somebody to handle alumni relations and it's so cool that there's somebody on, you know, handling that now. And, and doing all that. Yeah. And the master's program yeah. too, which was yeah. a, a dream of yours. Mm-hmm. I remember when you were board chair and we sat down and we had dinner, um, for the first time, like formally in that, in that relationship to yeah. say, all right, what do you want to do this year? And, and you said, I want us to design the, the master's to program. And yeah. We did. Yeah. And that's been, I think a big success yeah. and a really, um, yeah. Cause alumni want more. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the, the cool things um, about the pandemic is um, the ability with Zoom. So all of a sudden, you know, 
I live up in the Flathead. It's not always easy to get to Helena or Bozeman or whatever, but to be able to connect with alumni electronically, why it's not this, I know it's not the same, mm-hmm. but wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. What we've been able to do and, and pivot to and quickly too, when oh. the shutdown first happened and, you know, March 20, whatever, um, it was within days we stood up a, a virtual learning experience that you showed up for uh, pretty much every time we hosted one. And, yeah. and you hosted one yourself Yeah, on Spirit. Smi- Smile. Smile. Smiling. Yeah, smiling. Yeah. I mean, that's your team to be able to do that really um, is, is incredible. Mm. I think it just goes to show to your leadership, Chantel, to the passion that people have, whether it's volunteers or staff members for this organization. We're in a really good place right now. And and we're in a high demand place right now, right? Because right now leadership matters more than ever. Mm -hmm. And we see that with the growth of our programming, you know, to go from just in the last five years to, to go from our flagship program to now we have over 13 offerings. Um, and, and I keep going back to that statement. And my question to you is, what does this statement mean to you is now more than ever leadership matters? What does that mean to you? I can say a lot of things that other people have said. Um, but the first thing that comes to my mind right now is setting an example mm-hmm. and setting examples with our words, with our actions, um, whether it's in our businesses, our homes, our communities. Um, I think. I really believe that leaders need to set an example. We need to be the leaders that we need right now. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of leaders that that we both admire, um, Tom Scott is one of many Mm -hmm. that that you and I share a a common fondness for. And Leadership Montana has our biggest award that we give to our alumni every year is the Tom Scott Award for Excellence in Leadership, and you are receiving that award for 2022. Congratulations first. Thank you. What does that mean to you? It's really, it's hard for me to put words to it. Um, You know, the first thing I thought of is, oh, I want to call Tom and say, oh my gosh, Tom. Mm -hmm. And sadly, I can't. I can easily have a conversation with him, though. I know that. Um, You know, he and I exchanged voicemails and emails and conversations over the years um, from when I had started on the board. I admired him deeply and greatly. And, and in my last letter to him, um, when I was stepping or when my uh, term for chair was, was ending and uh, it was around April of 2018, I sent him a note and just thanked him for the opportunity. And I thanked him um, for creating Leadership Montana and mm-hmm. seeing his vision and his thoughts through and um, I let him know that, you know, not a day goes by that the magic of leadership Montana doesn't touch me or somebody in my orbit. Mm-hmm. And, um, so receiving, I don't know, receiving this award is truly incredible. Knowing some of the other individuals really well, some of them are really dear friends, um, who have received it before. It's humbling. I mean, Wow. So our award ceremony is in June, mm-hmm. which is a few, several months from now. Mm-hmm. Have you picked out your lipstick yet? <laughs> <laughs> if you know Amy, you know that, that she is in a lipstick aficionado. Uh-huh. Um, I have not picked it out yet, 
Um, but rest assured, it will be a it'll be fabulous. It'll be a great color, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I do love my lipstick. <laughs> yes, ma'am, and your lipstick loves you. <laughs> Let's, let's talk about the work that you do now with uh, Simply 406. Tell us about Tipu's Chai and Country Pasta. Uh, and I also want to know what it's been like to really lead in a manufacturing organ- industry mm-hmm. through a pandemic. Well, I will say um, it has been an interesting couple of years. Um, Fred and I purchased the company, I think it was in 2008. Um, and I would think these last two years, just like any business has been fascinating. Um, it, country pasta, um, is an egg noodle. Um, we sell to Walmart, Sam's, Costco's, traditional grocery stores as well. Um, and, um, you know, when we started in, when this all started in March, um, of 2020, we were probably just shy of working 24 mm-hmm. seven. Um, and, um, there have been still some days and times where that has continued. Um, each time, a um, a new variant comes along and we get surges here in Flathead and Lake counties. Um, I kind of sit by my phone every morning waiting for a call or an email or a text saying that somebody's sick. Remind me what the processes that we have in play or did, didn't we have new guidelines last week? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, um, it's been mind spinning. Mm -hmm. I've coined myself the chief vid officer, vid short for COVID chief 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 vid Vid. officer. (laughs) So we have an incredible system in place, which is really awesome. And, um, and that's worked well. We've kept our team healthy and manufacturing and, that's good. And then the chai, we sell, sell mostly to um, coffee shops um, or food service is what we, we call it in the industry. And so kind of thankfully, um, that kind of that business kind of dropped dramatically um, in March um, of 2020, which gave us time to focus really on the noodles, which is the, maj- the biggest part of our business. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really exciting to see that the chai is coming back, which means cities um, and urban areas, which is mainly where the chai is sold all over the country, are coming back to life a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a good sign. Walk us through like a day in your life in the first parts of the pandemic? What was that like? Um, well, th- thankfully, I had the opportunity to work from home, um, and um, which I have actually for several years now. So that wasn't a new thing for me. Um, I also, I don't know, maybe three years ago, um, had started to slowly step back a little bit from the business. So my, my main role was really to support um, my business partner, my husband, and our general manager and help them make, um, get them the information to help lead and make the smartest decisions that they could. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was a matter of just listening. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the, the value and importance of listening. What does that mean to you? It's hard sometimes. It's hard to not have that conversation over your head to want to jump in and say, say something, but... Um, 
listening to what somebody across the table has to say. Um, and to me, I, I try to take it a step further. It, it's a hard thing to do, but to active listen, right? Mm-hmm. So to paraphrase back, to make sure that you understand what they're saying. Um, and I also know sometimes like I'll say something and then if I hear it said back to me, I'm like, oh, wait, I'm not sure I totally meant that. Could I have a do-over on that? Or let me let me explore that or go a little deeper on that. So I, I think it's, it's not just with your ears, it's with your mm-hmm. head and your heart and... Listening is is a skill, and it takes work. Mm-hmm. It takes work. Lots of practice. Lots of practice. Lots of screwing it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> well, tell me how how you personally are responding to the challenges of, of this time and place. Like how, how, does, how does Amy take care of Amy? Yeah. You know, some days I respond with gusto, like this morning, my goodness, the sun is shining in the flathead and it's February and you're like, yes, I'm going to work out this morning instead of this afternoon and what else can I do? And then some days, oh boy, not so good. Um, but I do, I, I do, there are three different things um, and they all kind of reflect in my values. Um, the first one is um, with curiosity. I wake up every morning. I make my coffee and then I go sit in my chair and I either read a self-improvement or self-betterment book. I don't even know what those are called anymore. Like in a bookstore, right? There used to be a section called (laughs) self-help. They're not called that anymore, but you're right. I don't know what they're called. They're just books. They're books. They're just books that that are hopefully going to make me better. Life textbooks. (laughs) Oh, I like that. Life textbooks. Actually, the book I'm reading now is called The School of Life. Mm. Oof. Boy, it's an ass kicker. Um, anyhow, so so I spend at least fifteen minutes every morning doing that, and it gra- like it just grounds me for the day. Um, and when I don't do that, ooh, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, it just doesn't feel good. The second one is connection, which is hard to do in a pandemic, or it's been harder. Um, but. Uh, you know, early in the pandemic, I, um, two of my now really dear friends and I, every Friday at, well, it would depend on the day, on the week, anywhere from three to four would start our cocktails and we'd sit outside here on the yard and have cocktails and laugh and cry and share our hopes and dreams and fears and kids would be running around and people would be driving by and yeah. Mm -hmm. So we did that for a year and I speak every morning, um, most mornings, with my high school best friend. Um, you know, these are all ways that I connect, and um, they keep me grounded. Yeah, that's that's really important. And then the last thing, you know, when travel was kind of questionable um, over the past couple years. Um, I'm like, okay, so is exploration really one of my values anymore? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. And so for me, it's been exploring um, my own capabilities. So I've set some fun goals for me. So for instance, one goal I have right now, now for all you like super athletes out there, you cannot laugh at this, but I've been teaching myself to skate ski. And so my winter goal is to do 10K 
and I can hear like people saying, oh, that's like nothing. But really like 10K skate ski in one day and not a race, but just like one day. And last week I got to almost 7K. So I'm making progress. Wow. So I love how you like adjusted a value rather than just let it go, but that you took the time to explore. Mm-hmm. What does exploration mean to mm-hmm. me? And to, to adjust that, to adapt. Yeah. I love that. I think my values, my three values, I think they, when I was in the master's class and anybody who's in it or will go through it, we'll, we'll do that values exercise. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew my, va- I've known my values before that. Mm-hmm. I sat with a classmate at a Leadership Montana retreat, not one of my classmates, a fellow alumni, Jeremy Vanetta, and he and I, he, he and I decided we wanted to get to know each other better. And he said, what are your values? And I was like, oh, my gosh, what, what? Like, what, what? <laughs> Can I have a cheat sheet? And it rolled right off. Connection, curiosity, and explanation just rolled right off my tongue. Mm-hmm. So I think they've been them for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think values are, are things that are always a part of us. We just don't always take the time to explore what, what they are and what they mean to us. Mm-hmm. And we've actually started mm-hmm. doing more values exploration in the flagship class too. So, oh. and, and really oh, identifying neat. how, you know, who we are is how we lead as, as our friend Brene says, right. Mm-hmm. And how we use our values. We lean into those values to lead through, especially challenge. Yeah. Curiosity is the one that gets me into trouble sometimes though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I like to ask questions. There was a time early in the pandemic, I was sitting out on the the lawn here with um, our son had come to live with us, and a group of runners ran by. And I remember, I mean, we had no, at this point, like, no idea, like, how COVID was spread. And we were all supposed to be home, like, not doing anything. And they ran by and I go, oh my gosh, like, what's your superpower? How are you doing that? <laughs> and after they went by, Will said to me, our son, he's like, aim. Oh, that was a little harsh. And I was like, but I was curious, like, what, like, how did they, how did they get a hall pack? Like, how, how did this happen? Anyhow, I found out who the running group was and I sent them a note afterwards because I felt really bad because I didn't mean to make them feel bad but I was like wait how's this anyhow so curiosity (laughs) can get me into trouble (laughs) so I try to preface it with I'm just curious this is one of my values I ask a lot of questions (laughs) all right before we move to the rapid fire questions Mm -hmm. is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to anything that you want to say I want to thank leadership Montana for the gifts that it's given to me over the years and it has made me um, a better leader, a better wife, a better stepmom or half mom, as we say in our household, um, a better friend. And that is, um, it's a gift as an adult that you don't get very often. So thank you. for the rapid fire sure okay who is your favorite superhero and why well off the top of my head i'm gonna say wonder woman um and i don't know why she even popped into my mind but um when i was in college um i wear glasses sometimes and 
my hair up. Mm -hmm. And I remember walking into the dining hall and one of the football players yelled, oh, there's Wonder Woman. And I had my glasses on and thing up and I stood at the top of the thing and I twirled and took my glasses off and let my hair down. So Wonder Woman. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. All right. Fill in the blank. Leadership is? Joy. Who do you admire the most? Um, two people come to mind. Um, the first one is more of a professional one and it's Ed Bastian, who's the CEO of Delta airlines. And, um, I think someday there are going to be some articles written about his leadership style and how he led with, um, unwavering conviction over the past couple of years and deep, deep empathy for, his employees and for his customers Mm. just um, he's been joyful to watch Mm. Um, and the other is my mom Mm -hmm. and um, my mom did a lot of incredible things in her life Um, when she retired she was afraid of the water she learned how to swim Um, she took lessons at 65 years old Um, and um, taught me my love of lipstick. Yeah, I just, I admire her bravery Mm. and courage. Um, If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go Mm. and why? Knowing that you're a world traveler, I know you think about this a lot. Where would you go that you haven't been? Yeah, uh, you also know I love the water. So for me, it would be um, two places that um, are on my list. Um, Hopefully the Maldives or somewhere in the South Pacific. And I know the South Pacific is big, so don't ask which island, but the South Pacific. What's your favorite candy? Oh, that's so hard because I love candy. Candy is delicious. Eat some every day. Mm-hmm. So I love sugar babies. I love cow tails. There's nothing like a fresh mm. cow tail mm-hmm. from a convenience store. Oh, mm. God, I love a cow tail. Candy is good. Are you a morning person or a night person? Both. Both. You're all day. 24-7? No, well, I don't know about that. But <laughs> <laughs> You're, you have energy. I'm, I'm slow to get started in the morning, that's for sure. Um, and I like an early bed. I can do, I, I don't know. Multi, multi-fascinating. I guess. <laughs> what is the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Um, it was in um, Singapore on the Straits of Jahar. Um, and it was at this incredible fish rest. Oh, my gosh. Really, one of the top ten, top three meals I've ever had. Not ten, top three meals. Anyhow, it was the cheek of a fish when it was given to the most honored guests at the table. Wow. Did it taste like chicken? No, it tasted like fish. (laughs) (laughs) Describe yourself in three words. Wow. I know. Three words. Authentic. Confident empathetic I agree with all of those if you could trade lives with anyone for one day who would it be Mm. and why I didn't say these were easy questions oh my gosh wow so many options you know like how cool would it be I'm not saying this is final answer right Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll signal when it's final answer but like for me how cool would it be to be like the queen celebrating her jubilee this year yeah. wow that'd like be awesome. really 
You know, I'm going to go with Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC. Mm. It would be really fascinating to kind of see behind that curtain Mm -hmm. and experience her a day of her life Mm -hmm. as as a leader, as a woman, as a scientist. Yeah. What's your favorite movie? Cinema Paradiso. Mm -hmm. What is something that people often get wrong about you? I have a lot of energy. I have, um, my dad would have said, well, it was because it was his. I have a big personality. Um, But I'm not sure people always know that I value my solitude and my quiet time, or I call it my Amy time. It's really important to me. Mm-hmm. All right, last question. What is one thing you want to be remembered for? It's way in the future when the history books tell a story of this remarkable Montana leader, mm-hmm. Amy Kellogg. What do you want that story to be? I would like people to remember me as if I was in a room with them that that they felt seen and belong belonged that they felt like they belonged that they were important that they mattered to me Amy Kellogg Wonder Woman <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Amy Kellogg and Chantel Schieffer for that fantastic conversation. And thanks to you for listening in. If you've enjoyed today's show and want to support Listen First Montana, please tell a friend about the show or post about the show on social media. Those small steps can really help us connect these stories to more listeners. Our intro song is a rendition of the Montana State song by Scott Gutcher, and our other music is from Blue Dot Sessions. We'll see you in two weeks with our next episode. Until then, thanks for listening to Listen First, Montana.